morning. Good morning, Pastor Terry Sisney, and this is Higher Life Ministries. The Overcomers broadcast is what we've been titling this uh, series that we've been in. We've been talking about keys to the overcoming life, and I've uh, been sharing some really powerful thoughts that the Lord has been giving me on the keys to the overcoming life. Uh, God's will for you is victory. Let me just say that. Plain and simple, God's will for you is victory. Well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says, thanks be unto God, which causes us always to triumph. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's very clear that God's will for you is victory. And um, there are keys that will help us to experience that victory in our lives, overcoming victory in our lives. Hello, my son, Apostle Charles. God bless you. Good to see you come in today. And so I'm talking about the key of the presence of God today. The key of the presence of God. I want to welcome all of our viewers here on uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and uh, any other platforms. And here on my podcast, because we're podcasting simultaneously. So I'm talking about the presence of God. The presence of God is when we're speaking about the presence of God, we're speaking about the manifest presence of God, which is different than the reality and the fact that God is everywhere. God being omniscient, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, that's the character of God, the nature of God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. So there's a difference between God's presence, omnipresence, and God's manifest presence. And so you and I, if we're going to enjoy the abundant life and experience the overcoming life, you need to understand about the manifest presence of God, and you need to understand how to host that presence of God, how to be a place where the presence of God is welcome where he feels welcome. And when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about primarily, we're speaking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one Jesus sent to be with us. He's the one that was sent to administrate the work of God in the earth. He's the one that was sent to dwell in us. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because he said, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. So what Jesus was saying is, I'm with you. The Holy Spirit is with you because he's with me, but I'm getting ready to leave. And there's something better than being with you. There's being in you. And so he said, your body, the Bible says, don't you know this? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Good to see you, Brother Jeremy. God bless you. Good to see you come in today. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's something that the Lord showed me some time ago that uh, goes with this lesson today. Uh, hello, Apostle Roy, my son. Good to see you today. Here's what I want you, what you, want you to see. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they loved Jesus. They loved him very much, and he loved them. The Bible even says that when Lazarus was sick, they came to Jesus. They said, he whom thou lovest is sick. They had a very close relationship. So, when Jesus came to their house, they were really happy that he was at their house. They loved him. 
And Martha went to work immediately, creating an environment for him in the food, make things ready for him, do this, do that, get everything ready, take care of the physical needs, whatever. Mary, on the other hand, she sat at Jesus' feet and she listened to his words and she was in his presence. So she entertained his presence. Martha was glad that he was in the house, but she didn't entertain his presence. Now, some people will say, and I've heard them say before, they say, they say, well, I want to be a Mary. I, I don't want to be a Martha because Martha missed his presence. Well, we need both. There's a balance to this thing. So, you know, if you didn't have any Martha type personalities in the church, nothing would ever get done. Because, you know, you can't just sit at Jesus' feet all the time and never do nothing. So there is the balance that takes place of the Mary and the Martha, the Martha heart and the Mary hand or the Mary, Mary hands, uh, Mary heart, rather, that wants to be in the presence of Jesus and the Martha hands that are working, doing the work of the ministry. Need them both. And neither one should be left out. And so. But the but the 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 story is and what the essence of the story is, is Jesus trying to get Martha to understand the importance of priority, the priority of his presence. We must prioritize his presence. The key of his presence is it will change your life. We must prioritize the presence of the Lord. He must be first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, all these other things that be added unto you. And so he told Martha, Martha said, you know, she's concerned. She says, Jesus, why don't you tell Mary to come help me? I'm doing all this work by myself. And he said, Martha, you are cumbered about many things. But Mary hath chosen that good part. It cannot be taken away from her. Now, he did not rebuke her for doing something sinful because she didn't do anything sinful. It was just secular. Somebody gave me this statement the other day, and I, I've really latched on to it. What she did was she forfeited the holy for the secular. In other words, it wasn't sin. It was just instead of. Instead of spending time in his presence, she was busy in the kitchen. Instead of spending time in his presence, she was busy taking care of, of secular things. Instead of spending time in his presence, she was doing this or doing that or taking care of this or going here. None of it wrong in itself. It just simply uh, forfeited the presence of God for the secular. It was instead of. And so we want to be like Mary. We want to prioritize the presence of God. Yeah, I, I, this is a, a two hour teaching, so I'm just going to. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to I'm going to break it down into a small small piece here today. What I want to talk about is what the Lord has shown me about if you want to host the presence of God, if you want to be a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome and where he feels welcome, there are things that you have to do. And I have to do. Number 1 is make room for him. Make room for him. That phrase, make room, means do whatever is necessary to make a place for someone or something. Make room. Clear it out. If I got to clear some stuff out, move some stuff out, if, even if I have to discard some things, 
or maybe I might even have to expand the dwelling place to make room. But number one is make room. I'm going to make room for you, Holy Spirit. You're not going to have to invade my life. You're not going to have to try to crowd in to a, a small corner. <laughs> I'm going to make room for you. Hallelujah. So the first number one is if we're going to host the presence of God, we have to make room for him. Make room for him. Number two is give place. Give place. Give place. Now, give place is different than make room. But give place doesn't happen until you made room. Give place means to yield to. I give place to you. It means I yield to you. I yield back to you, speaker. You hear that if you watch any of the court proceedings and things that happen uh, in the Capitol, you'll hear them at times talking and they'll say, I yield back, I yield back. You give, I give place. To give place means to yield to, to submit to. By extension, it means to want or desire to give liberty and freedom of expression. I want to give you liberty and freedom of expression. So I'm not just making a spot for you over in the corner, but I'm telling you that you have freedom to express yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like shouting right here. Holy Spirit, you have freedom and liberty to express yourself through me. I give way to you. I give place to you in my home, in my work, in my church. Whatever it is, I give place to you because I want you to be comfortable in my house, in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see different ones coming in today. Yeah, make room for him, Jeremy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. So I'm going to make room for him and give place to him. Now, number three is accommodate. Accommodate. I love this one. Accommodate. It goes even further than the first two. Accommodate means to make comfortable. I'm not just giving place to you now where you can express yourself. I am going to do whatever I can to make you comfortable. To make you comfortable means I want to find out what you like. I want to find out what pleases you. You know, there's some people that will come into your house and they come into your house or you go into their house and it's like you got you to gotta figure out what makes them happy. You come into their house, you might have to take your shoes off. You might have to, you know, you can't go into this room. You can't go into that room. You can't get in the refrigerator. You can't go, you know, you got to ask to do this or whatever. And that's understandable. I mean, there's protocol for everything. But this is the, this is different. We're saying to the Holy Spirit, I want to accommodate you. I want to know what makes you happy. I want to know what environment you want to live in. I want to cultivate the environment that pleases you. So you'll be, you'll be uh, enthusiastic about being with me. You, you, you'll, <laughs> you'll want to be with me because I'm going to make a place that you enjoy. Hallelujah. So I 
make comfortable. I seek to please, create a desired environment. By extension, I mean it means to consult with having the desire to please. In other words, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Holy Spirit, what pleases you? Holy Spirit, what is the culture and the environment that you want to live in? Because I want to create that environment for you. Because I want you close to me. Hallelujah. Don't you want him close to you? I believe you do. I believe you do. If we want the Holy Spirit's power, we have to learn how to host the Holy Spirit's presence. First it's presence, then it's power. So there's, let's see, five things real quick. I could spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to share this with you because I want to get this, give you something to think about. Five things that will help to cultivate the environment that the Holy Spirit enjoys where he wants to live. Number one, eliminate the sinful. Shouldn't even have to say that to Christians. You wouldn't think you would have to tell Christians to eliminate the sinful, but still eliminate the sinful. Shut the door on the devil. Give no place to the devil. Stop doing anything that's contrary to the word of God. That's pretty simple. If you want his power, you got to host his presence. That's exactly right. Eliminate the sinful. Shut the door on the devil. Stop doing anything that's contrary to the Bible. Stop, stop disobeying God's word. That's, that's sin. Disobedience is sin. Number two, be quick to repent. Be quick to repent. You want to host the presence of God? Be quick to repent. Keep short accounts with the Lord. Don't, don't string out your offenses over a long period of time. If you know you've blown it, then ask for forgiveness as soon as, soon as it happens, as soon as you recognize the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I, I, I recognize I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have manifested that, that uh, attribute at that moment. I shouldn't have lost my temper, whatever. Holy Spirit, I ask you, forgive me today. I, I don't want to grieve you. I want you to be happy in my house. So be quick to repent. Number three, crucify compromise. This is a big one. Crucify compromise. Compromise is deadly. You know what compromise is? That is giving up something for something else. To give up something for something else. To give up. And here's where the compromise is deadly. Is when you give up values. When you give up righteousness. When you give up right standing. When you give up the best for something less. When you give up your values to create an environment of compromise, it's deadly. It's deadly. Don't compromise. Make no deals with the devil. Tell the devil we're not making any deals. This, this is not let's make a deal here. We've got a Bible. We've got the word of God. We've got the Holy Spirit. We have a, we have a structure. We have foundation. We're going to live according to the word of God and make no compromise with sin. Make no compromise. Never compromise your faith and your values, because if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Number four, minimize the secular. 
This is not even talking about sinful. It's secular. Minimize the secular. Martha forfeited the holy for the secular. The secular is not sinful. It's not evil. It's just excess. It's just the instead of. Instead of prayer. Instead of worship. Instead of studying God's word. Instead of fasting. Instead of the things of God. We just over-occupied with the secular. So minimize the secular. Number five. Trash the demonic. I like this one. Trash the demonic. <laughs> Trash the demonic. What does that mean? That means be very aggressive against anything demonic or occultic. Destroy it out of your life. Make no place for it. No agreement. No compromise whatsoever. Trash the demonic. Anything that even leans toward the occult or the demonic. Tarot cards or fortune tellers or horoscopes or crystals or Ouija boards or ESP or mind reading or uh, magic or Harry Potter or, or anything like this, anything like this. Get rid of it. Destroy it. Demolish it. Have nothing to do with it. Be very aggressive. Trash the demonic. Why? Because any agreement or allowance of that in your life is a permission to the devil. It's a permission for demonic activity and presence in your life. The devil doesn't need you to invite him in. He doesn't need you to say, oh, Mr. Devil, please, I would like for you to come into my life and, and, uh, and have your way. He doesn't need that. All he needs you to do is to allow something that belongs to him into your life, and it will give him an access. It will give him a point of entrance. You don't even have to know that what you're doing is bad. You don't even have to know that what you're doing is demonic. There, there are many people that have got into the demonic by doing something that they thought was just simple and casual and, and had no real, uh, no real connection with the demonic at all, but it opened a door because they were trusting and looking to a supernatural power other than God. And there is no other power other than God except Satan. These are the only two supernatural powers there are. The power of God and the power of Satan. And so anything that lends itself to Satan, to the devil, to the demonic, trash the demonic. Get it out of your life. Make no place for it. Close the door. Slam the door on the devil. Hallelujah. Tell him you're not welcome here. I plead the blood of Jesus over everything in my life, over my family, over my mind, over my house, my vehicles, everything. I plead the blood of Jesus over it. And I rebuke you. Hallelujah. Close the door on anything demonic. Make no agreements with the devil. Anything of demonic nature, anything that's attached to the demonic, it opens the door to the devil and it grieves the Holy Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit. So if we want to host the Holy Spirit, we'll cultivate the atmosphere that he wants to dwell in. And remember, He's holy. He's holy. What is the atmosphere the Holy Spirit loves? He loves praise and worship. He loves praise and worship. How the Bible declares, God, you are holy that inhabits the praises of Israel. He loves the scripture. In fact, he lives in the scripture. The Bible says that 
Jesus himself said, John 6, 63, he said, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. His words have life in them. There's life in the word. Get, get in the word, even having the scripture playing in the background. It is, it will wash your mind. It will bring a calmness to your spirit. Hallelujah. And it will feed your spirit. So he loves the word. He loves the scripture. And remember, the Bible declares that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So God loves to hear what he inspired. Hallelujah. So he loves the atmosphere of scripture. Number three, and this is, I'm going to close on this today. If you want to host the presence of God, you have to learn, you have to learn the power of solitude. Power of solitude, that could be a key all by itself. We could talk about that as well. But you have to learn the power of solitude. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. It says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all flesh be still. There's something about being still. There's something about solitude. Come, come alone. Come alone. The Bible says, enter into your closet in secret, and your Father, which seeth you in secret, will reward you openly. There's something about that quiet waiting, that solitude, getting alone with God, spending time alone with the Lord. Inviting his holy presence, entertaining his presence, honoring his presence, worshiping him, magnifying him, glorifying him, accommodating him, making him welcome. This is what we've been sharing today is the key of the presence of God. Hosting the presence of God. If we're going to be men and women of power, then we've got to learn how to host his presence. His presence is precious. <laughs> and he wants he wants to manifest himself to you in you and through you and he wants to be with you even more than you want to be with him he initiated this whole thing you know that the blood of jesus that was shed on the cross was not just shed on the cross and he did not just give his life and give his blood just to save us from sin so we could go to heaven. Thankfully, that's a benefit, and it will happen, and it is true. And those that have gone on before us in faith and, and in Christ, they're, they're there waiting on us. But he didn't just save us to get us to heaven. He saved us with his blood, washed us with his blood to make these bodies a place where he could dwell where his Holy Spirit could come and abide, where he could live in us. See, that's what I say. He wants it more than you do. He's the one that initiated this thing so that he could live in us. And the Bible says he can walk in us and talk in us. All the apostles said that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Lord, we love your presence today. We thank you that you have chosen to place your presence in earthen vessels. Oh, hallelujah. 
Lord, that in your wisdom, in your sovereignty, you have desired to live not only among us, but in us. In us, you've come to dwell and to abide. Holy Spirit, we love you today. And we want to make you welcome because we want your presence. Yes, we want your power. We want your power to be manifested in our lives, through our lives. Lord, help us to host your presence, to make you welcome, to create the environment that you desire to dwell in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today. I hope this encouraged you. I hope it blessed you as much as it blessed me.